The Beckers team is excited to be making our return to in-person events this fall. Join us in September for Beckers Hospital Review 6th Annual Health IT and Revenue Cycle Conference. We have opportunities to attend the in-person program in Chicago and also to join us virtually from the comfort of your own home. For information about registering and to find out if you are eligible to attend free of charge, reach out to us at registration at beckershealthcare.com. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Harold Paz. Dr. Paz is the Executive Vice President and Chancellor for Health Affairs and is the Chief Executive Officer of the Wexter Medical Center, all at the Ohio State University. He's also a Johns Hopkins graduate, um, brilliant, brilliant leader. Dr. Paz, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Then we'll talk to you about sort of the changes in delivery of healthcare services, what you expect for the long run what you're seeing in competition, and what a system has to be just great in. Dr. Paz, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. Thanks very much, Scott. So, uh, Hal Paz, and uh, um, I serve in this uh, role of uh, Chancellor for Health Affairs at The Ohio State University. We have uh, seven colleges of the health sciences, uh, probably the largest uh, uh, virtual uh, health science campus in the nation in terms of a 10,000 students across all the health science disciplines, um, as well as the Ohio State Wexner uh, Medical Center, which is a health system of seven hospitals, 16 affiliated network hospitals, hundreds of clinics, uh, as well as uh, a large clinical practice of about 2,500 clinicians here across central Ohio. And uh, I was recruited to this role. It's a new role at the Ohio State University two years ago to oversee both the academic and the healthcare delivery side of of the university. Uh, I came here from CVS Health Aetna. I had served as the executive vice president and uh, chief medical officer of uh, Aetna um, prior to joining uh, the university here in Ohio. And, and, and take a moment on, and you've had this fascinating background. You were at, at CVS Aetna. You've also had leadership roles as a CEO at Penn State Hershey Medical Center and, and Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. I mean, Magnificent roles and, and, and for serious periods of time, so real leadership. Talk about what is a system like in Ohio State, or like some of the other systems you've served as CEO of, what does the system have to be great at you know, now and 10 years from now? What does the system have to define itself as great? What, what do they have to do to be great? Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I, would, say, I would say this. Um, we have this enormous responsibility to uh, create the health system of the future uh, here. Um, and I say that the responsibility is to, of course, to the communities that we serve, serve, but also to these 10,000 students. Um, they deserve to be in a setting that is forward-looking, that gives them the skill sets they need to be successful as they graduate and have diplomas that allow them to practice and work for the next four decades. Um, and um, that means we have a vision. And, you know, you referenced Johns Hopkins before. When, when I was there, there was an enormous sense of pride that going all the way back to the to Abraham Flexner, where he identified the model of academic medicine as being a medical school attached to a teaching hospital. That model carried us for literally a century. But, you know, as I look to the future, um, 
the future is no longer about a, um, a medical school sitting in isolation or about all the care and education going on in a hospital. And of course, I know that my colleagues at Johns Hopkins no longer do that either. But that being said, these these models and these and this kind of a vision can carry forward. Uh, for a very long period of time, and many other institutions across the nation, literally around the world, follow that model for decades. So, what's the new model going to be? Um, I, you know, by intent left uh, academic medicine when I was at, at Penn State. I was president and CEO of the Penn State Health System, which which actually we 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 launched when um, I joined Penn State with this idea of creating an integrated health system across central Pennsylvania, because I felt that we were on on the verge of moving into new areas as a result of all the the transformations that had occurred in other industries, be it retail banking, transportation. You know, I looked at uh, at my millennial kids who, um, you know, had zero expectations of literally walking into a bank or um, or going to big box stores anymore. They're, they were going to do things off over their phone, including hailing taxi cabs, not on a busy street corner anymore, but just having an Uber or Lyft vehicle come right to them. And as I thought about these millennials, I thought, well, why will their, their expert expectations of health and well-being and healthcare be any different, quite frankly. So I uh, went to Aetna with that in mind, thinking about what were the determinants of health, what really mattered in terms of um, premature death and uh, health and well-being, and obviously the extraordinary care we provide in these hospital settings is an important part of that, but at best it's about 20% of it. And the other parts of it are um, uh, our social, behavioral, environmental determinants of health, and to, depending on the individual, a greater or lesser degree genetics. Those are the things that really matter. So how do we leverage those determinants in ways that have a huge impact on health and well-being at a personalized health level? So back in um, uh, roughly 2016 or so, um, I, I launched something called Care. Um, we um, um, we put a lot of energy and effort into that, and it started out with using analytics to identify individuals with the greatest need, sending nurses into the home. We hired nurses to do this work, and we launched the first um, the, the first Aetna Care program in northern New Jersey, a place I knew well from my Robert Wood Johnson days, and um, and using uh, we used telehealth back then. We had a title care platform to connect those nurses to doctors in practice in ACOs. But the other thing that we did was we took other assets in the healthcare um, environment and tried to create an a um, interoperable uh, ecosystem of solutions that would allow individuals to have access to things that had a meaningful impact on um, on improving their health status in terms of their chronic illness. So, and we even, some of them were publicly announced, some weren't, but we announced, for example, our partnership with Merck, where we took their diabetes drugs, uh, their adherence tools, recognizing that diabetic patients three months out from a prescription were only 50% adherent to their meds. 
And therefore, how were they ever going to have glycemic control if they weren't taking their diabetic medication? So partnered with Merck, created a value-based reimbursement model with them. We announced this publicly to, in, in fact, uh, create that type of interoperability, but also then to create the financing and the value proposition funding for achieving the outcomes that were mutually uh, advantageous for the patient, certainly, for us as, as a payer, for the physicians in that ecosystem who were the providers, and even for the pharmaceutical company. We had a partnership with uh, ShopRite supermarkets where uh, those diabetic patients would be brought to the supermarket and, and certified nutritionists would educate them as to, in the produce aisle, about what healthy nutrition was. Because as the nurses opened the pantries in the home, they noticed that the, pan that the pantry was stocked with chips and you know, you know, all the things that weren't going to help their diabetes. So how do we address that? And we had an, a whole array of different partnerships that created that interoperable ecosystem to achieve the kind of value that we thought was important. So I had this terrific opportunity after um, uh, my time at, at CVS Health, and I, I stayed there um, uh, after the merger to work on, on the integration uh, part of, of that large $300 billion company as it now exists. And we certainly achieved our vision to create this uh, transformative health insurance company to a health care company. I had this unique opportunity to go uh, to Ohio State and try to do so much of what I just described in, in an academic health center and, and to create that vision for the future. What's that next Flexner model going to look like? And maybe it won't last a century, but if it lasts a couple of decades, uh, I'm gonna, I'll be really excited. So I uh, started out here two years ago with redoing our strategic plan, creating this vision to transform the health system to a health platform beginning in the home, creating personalized health, and using this model as a way to educate the next generation of health science student, be it medical student, dental student, nursing student, pharmacy student, I can go through the whole list with you, in interprofessional teams. We recruited uh, a terrific individual to be our associate vice chancellor for interprofessional education to lead all that work and that integration work and the curriculum is going on. Now we're training students uh, in teams, interprofessional teams, before they graduate to learn how to create um, these models of care for the future. That's the goal because if they're if they're uh, trained in silos before they graduate it just makes it that much harder for them to be effective team members and we know with the enormous opportunities in terms of waste and inefficiency in the health system and you know s several studies now have suggested or shown that 25% of that 3 trillion dollars of healthcare spending is going to waste if we can be more effective in working in teams we can help reduce that waste one part of it uh, but also then to really change the paradigm of how we are delivering care and thinking again about what I described before, what's happened in transportation, banking, and retail. Can we go in the home and can we deliver care in innovative ways? Um, the um, the pandemic certainly has had a huge impact on the execution of that strategy. And in many ways, um, as opposed to creating a headwind, it's created a tailwind. We went from doing 50 telehealth visits uh, a month before the pandemic to quickly getting to uh, 2,800 a day. Uh, 
um, in terms of te telehealth visits. We've done close to now 400,000 telehealth visits. We're rapidly approaching that number since uh, mid-March last year. Um, we've seen a huge uh, increase in the opportunities to improve access. But then now thinking about all the things that we need to do in the home, we've been um, uh, announcing a number of partnerships um, with other organizations to achieve that care in the home model. Um, we just announced one this week with a ASHN to create a uh, Ohio State uh, Health Home uh, Care Delivery. Uh, we have a number of other announcements coming out in the weeks ahead to continue to work on these um, uh, on this care in the home um, uh, strategy. And um, ultimately, this health system has uh, four uh, uh, interoperable pillars: our inpatient care our outpatient care, and we're uh, building a number of large ambulatory care campuses in the outer belt of Columbus as we speak. These are 250 to 300,000 square foot ambulatory care buildings that are focused on um, both uh, providing specialty care, but also uh, operating rooms, uh, same-day surgical centers. Much of the care that you know had been provided historically in, you know, in a hospital setting, a lot of that can now be done in these types of facilities. Our third, our third pillar is our care in the home, and our fourth is uh, our clinical practice, that group of 2,500 that I mentioned. And all four come together depending on the circumstances of the, of the patient to, to create the right care at the right time depending on the patient's need. Um, that plus uh, our, our, uh, our health plan that we have as well as the work we're doing with uh, payers uh, across the region, I think, position us well for really creating this vision of a, a, um, a, a system of, of care that is a platform as opposed to just traditional bricks and mortar that, you know, in the old days was a hospital building and now is uh, other things. But and, and we love this concept of an institution as incredible as Ohio State University and, and the entire health system being viewed more and more as a platform for the entire community versus just a hospital where people come for tertiary and quaternary care and, and just and, and also I mean combining that health platform concept to, to deeper into social determinants of health and into the community, plus this magnificent research and academic institution, just a magnificent sort of vision. Let me ask you one other question. Sort of and you talked about the strategic plan. But take a moment further, just a moment, on how strategy and competition is evolving and how Ohio State's strategy is evolving as part of that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, um, we're seeing the move uh, in this direction, um, either because it was already happening or because it was accelerated by the pandemic in many different places. Uh, and coming in, in many different ways. Uh, for example, um, you know, uh, was it a few weeks ago that Amazon announced Amazon Care, for example? And, um, and you know, employers are, uh, large employers are focusing more and more on this. And certainly payers are getting more and more involved in, uh, we were doing it in my former life, and, and, you know, we're seeing this now among other payers as well who are getting involved in care in the home. Uh, and certainly, you you know, um, um, CVS and, and other uh, retail uh, pharmacy chains are also getting involved in many different ways. So we're seeing a lot of different uh, opportunities to uh, provide innovative solutions to care. Um, 
Um, and I think that's terrific. And I think having those choices is great for the consumer. And uh, ultimately, um, if um, there are uh, different approaches for individuals to receive, you know, the care they need, um, that's terrific. That being said, I think that, um, you know, healthcare in in large part is uh, is local, and that's the old saying. And I think that it's hard to imagine a world where it doesn't stay local. Um, there is uh, always going to be, at least during I think my lifetime, a limitation to what you can do virtually. Um, and then the next phase becomes, you know, how are you going to have true high touch care um, that uh, depends on either someone coming into your home or you going somewhere. And I think one of the great things that we can do um, in these uh, health systems, academic health systems like ours and others, is to have the full continuum of resources available. So not, not only care in the home or not only in a clinic site or not only in a hospital, but depending on, on the need of the patient doing all of it and doing it with a level of familiarity and convenience that makes it uh, um, not only uh, a um, an outstanding experience, and experience is really important for us to continue to focus on as an industry, but also in terms of value. And again, another huge opportunity for us uh, in this industry is to to address uh, inefficiency, to reduce waste in the system, and create improved value propositions. Because um, inevitably, uh, I know it's you know sometimes it feels like it's two step forward and one step back. We are going to move more and more towards value based reimbursement. In, in some respects, capitation, and the systems that are well-prepared to take on that kind of financial risk are going to be the ones that are best prepared to care for the populations that they um, they want to have responsibility to care for. I think it's really important um, to have the ability to, to do a lot of these things using uh, tools that other industries have, have adopted. So one of the first things I did when I arrived at Ohio State was to create a, an, an analytics center where we could, uh, as opposed to every department, unit, division, whatever, doing their own, you know, analytics uh, on their own off the side of their desk. We created this large infrastructure to do data analytics to look at how we can um, um, incorporate more external data into our modeling, how we can uh, use data to um, to uh, make healthcare decisions, ide identify opportunities, cut costs, and how we could do uh, prospective analytics, uh, predictive analytics around around a whole host of different opportunities. We've used it during the pandemic, uh, for example, uh, to forecast and drive decisions around um, uh, ICU bed capacity, ventilator, uh, ventilator availability. Um, we've used it for our employee health and staffing uh, decisions, and uh, we're looking, we're using it to identify populations and potential, with potential vulnerabilities um, for being at risk. Uh, we're also doing more and more work in terms of automation and AI. Um, uh, we've included bots in our, at our website to help patients uh, work through uh, vaccination protocols. Um, we're using automation to match patient flow with vaccination inventory. That gave us the ability to schedule 2,000 appointments uh, in less than two hours. We created a vaccine supersite uh, on our campus, and we've, we've done over 220,000 vaccines as a result. We've done over 500,000 COVID tests here. 
um, at our testing site. And without having the automation, without having the analytics, achieving that kind of scale would be impossible. Dr. Paz, it's always remarkable to hear what the Ohio State University Medical Center and what the entire system is doing in your leadership. It's a great pleasure for me to get to visit with you and hear the vision, hear where you're going. It's just really magnificent. I do wonder, and you're not you're not a, a lifelong Ohio State person, but I do wonder if Ohio State will ever lose to the University of Michigan again, because that will <laughs> remain to be seen. <laughs> well, uh, we I have had the opportunity to um, to um, be at a game, and um, you know, um, look forward to many more in the future. No, it's an exciting, exciting place, and I know. Having a daughter went to the University of Michigan, she went through four years without ever beating the Ohio State University, and I don't know if it'll ever happen. But it's uh, but it's a great pleasure to visit with you. We're a huge we're a huge huge fan of the health system and what you do. So thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. Just thank you so much, Scott. Enjoy talking with you. Be well.